Hey y'all. Come uh come sit by the fire with us. Come on. What? It's a lovely night. Sit down sit down by our sides. This is today's lesson, a Nick Cave podcast. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just cracking open a can of beans and I'm listening to a, a Mexican radio, which we're on right now, and we're just sitting under the stars thinking sun's been down long time a train long time mother nature has has painted us you know beautiful starlit night you can hear the coyotes in the distance and uh the rustling of tumbleweeds across the dry cold desert the crackle of the fire dying low. The beans heating slowly. I try to uh, try to grab some of the beans with uh, my bare hand and get burned. And I hit you away. I smack you as hard as I can with this wooden spoon. On the other hand. So yes. I'm now at a colossal disadvantage out here in the wilderness. The beans aren't ready yet. I've told you this. But still, we're here. There's rattlers all around us. It's dangerous. I hark, Sean. Do you hear that? It sounds like sounds like there might be a train coming over the horizon there, off in the distance. I hear that. I hear that over yonder hill and dale. It's a it's a what is that? Whoa, whoa! You know, I, I'm exhausted, but I'm feeling so good. It's that, it's that feeling, you know, of, of putting in your notice at a job and just, you know, kind of riding the rails off into the sunset. It's a lot like that because I, I put in my notice at my job and I'm, I'm just kind of riding the rails off into the sunset. But uh, Nice. What about you, Andrew? I'm fine. It's, uh, it's good to be here talking about Nick Cave with my buds uh you and and me myself oh it's good to love yourself um well let's get right into it train long suffering written by Nick Cave music and lyrics just Nick just Nick on this one baby damn a cave slash cave production music lyrics He's got everything down on this one. He's a one-man band. Why does he even need the rest of them? <laughs> uh, to be answered at a later time. <laughs> um, this is not going to be one of the lyric-heavy, uh, analysis-heavy episodes. You know, kind of similar to to last week. Although you know we were able to kind of mine mine some stuff out of that. But this one starts right away with a big old train whistle courtesy of nick cave woo woo 
Woo woo, indeed. Um, it's an interesting sort of call to action on the part of the train here. Um, the last song was kind of a little grim, but the music was kind of light. This song kind of continues that thread where, you know, the lyrics are a little, little grim, but this song is just pure fun. Yeah, it's it's a hoedown. It's one of the first hoedowns we've encountered. And uh, it is, I mean, it's still dealing with, you know, misery and pain and all that. But I think that this one, in contrast to what we've seen so far, is is lighter. Honestly, it's just, it's just a lighter take. And um, yeah, God, it's fun. In the name of pain, in the name of pain and suffering. In the name of pain, in the name of pain and suffering. <laughs> there comes a train. There comes a train. Yeah, a long black train. There comes, there a, comes train. a train. Lord, a long, Lord, black, a long train. black train. Nice. Nailed that. Damn. Man, we really need to fucking get together with our outros because that was 100% perfect. I, um, I mean, we've had so much practice at this point. That's right. You know, basically, this is this is the entrance of our uh, one of our characters, uh, the, the, the train, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, you know, long black train, we've got the music just kind of going at full force right off the bat. Uh, it's frenetic. It's frantic. And we have our intro. Now we move on to verse one. And I, I will say it's frenetic. It's frantic, but it's, it's driving and mechanical. It's, um, incredibly rhythmic, rhythmic pounding is what we're getting from this train. It's very much like a locomotive itself. Um, very tight and very focused. Totally. And, and and to your point, it kind of reminds me of like a kraut rock sort of song where there's not mm. a lot of change, mm-hmm. but it just kind of keeps, yeah, it keeps on rolling. That's right. And it bursts onto the scene or it punches onto the scene. Verse one, punch from the tunnel. The tunnel of long, is long and lonely. Um, engine steaming like a fist, a fist full of memories. And uh, yeah, this is this is the first glimpse we really get of of what this train is all about uh, but i love that imagery of punching through the tunnel and uh i love the contrast here between the tunnel of love which you know historically has been that kind of slow theme park ride often made fun of in cartoons and i just remember this throughout you know my life seeing this the tunnel of love people usually go in together on a little boat and you know it's slow and boring and various funny things happen depending on what you're watching but uh <laughs> But here in this song, you know, in contrast to that slow and, and dull and probably pretty tedious uh, small world light, we have this train punching through the tunnel, um, bursting out of the mountain, whatever this is, tunnel is going through, um, after riding through the tunnel of love, uh, ironically by itself, very lonely, long and lonely, um, full of memories of whatever that love probably was in the past. Yeah, and then... And then- that imagery of of the punch kind of comes into play here again into the jolly job morning um oh baby gets smashed so you know just it it really is super simple imagery but it's effective and not only do you kind of have the the train visual is really you know clear it's I, i'm imagining a mountain as well you know exiting the tunnel and finding the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, punching into the jaw of morning. Um, 
however you want to read that. You know, there it's it's obviously already allegorical. Yeah, and I I think he fits a lot into this little little stanza. It's you know, I, I thought way too much about this today, and just you know, being in being in a tunnel of love. You're in a tunnel. It's it's dark. You don't know what's going on, and and throughout this time, you're in this tunnel in love, and love can be very lonely when it's you know not the best of relationships, and when you actually finally make your way out of the tunnel, punching through the tunnel actually to me implies that the tunnel never got finished um that it was a dead end to begin with and so when he finally like a fist punches through the end a lot of these bad relationships and i've i've had my fair share end with um you know this rage this frenetic rage where you know you're just kind of bursting out into the light and you don't know what to do with yourself you're you're punching into the jolly jaw of morning where you know you should be waking up to this bright new day and all it is is this you know kind of very focused but but blinding rage that comes out of the other end when you finally reach the light. Um, so actually, I love I love the image of this train just coming out and just hitting morning right in the face. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it could be. I mean, when you're in a relationship, maybe you don't realize all the you know the negative uh, things that can come with it, and then maybe that that morning kind of the song's kind of not the most optimistic. <laughs> so I, I hesitate to ascribe this to this song, but it, there is a clarity, you know, and like this, oh, what have I been, what have I been doing, you know, that kind of hits you and, and it's like, you know, if you wanted to be really uh, generous, you could kind of, kind of give that optimistic uh, reading if you want. Yeah. And I, I think that's totally fair. Cause it's also not by any stretch of the imagination the last time that uh, cave, uses mourning as kind of that awakening that that imagery for you know something whether it's good or bad sorrowful or happy or you know optimistic or not um we're going to see mourning throughout used as kind of a a a new start at the very least um a new morning one might say that's right a new morning um and maybe it's maybe it's a bright new morning maybe it gets darker with the day who knows um yeah, this is this was this is not the last time we see this imagery, but it is is this the first time we see this imagery? I think so. I'm gonna say so. Moving on to verse two. I kick every goddamn splinter into all the looking eyes in the world, into all the laughing eyes of all the girls in the world. Man, his voice is just so fucking good on all of this. I, I this is one of my favorite performances of his, even if the lyrics aren't all that deep. Uh, I really love his delivery here. Yeah, no. Throughout the song, it's it's some of the some of the best that he's done so far, and it's pretty quintessential cave. You get a lot of that growling, um, the the way the rhymes flow, the way that you know he uses these these lines that don't necessarily really fit together. Um, yeah, what do you make of this beginning to verse two? I think that this is I think that this is the rage trying to do something with. Um, you know, he's just burst out of this tunnel. There's probably debris everywhere. It's it's a very angry image of this train coming into the light. And, you know, like I said, it's just this inability to comprehend being out of the tunnel yet and just kind of thrashing around. And all he can really see around him is, is mockery and, you know, probably a lot of projected self-loathing that the yeah. world is now looking at him and saying, oh, ha, 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 you fucked up, you're out of love, this person doesn't like you anymore, you've lost whatever you lost. And, um, you know, beneath 
beneath all anger is a deep sadness. And so I think that this is um, one man's inability to comprehend the deeper emotions occurring at this point in time. And so lashing out at the world. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I also, you know, more of this kind of gendered <laughs> viewpoint and, and all that, but you've got, you know, it's specifically targeted at all the girls in the world. Like he's, yep. he's feeling maybe inferior, you know, laughed at like, Oh yeah, you, you fucked this up. You know, again, not the most pitiable speaker, but, uh, at least, you know, when you've been through these kinds of, of, uh, you know, insta relationships and whatnot, you can kind of at least, maybe not to this extent, but you can understand where he's coming from, which already makes him more sympathetic than a lot of cave characters. Well, and if, if I'm being very generous, um, this is to me the first kind of self-acknowledgement of a, a character study where we've seen a lot of violence against women we've seen a lot of loathing of women and you know you can take it as you know cave is an artist you know that that's not what he thinks he's not writing this as a way to you know come out as this horrible misogynist he's, he's telling these grim fairy tales but um this is almost too on the nose to me because this is straight from margaret atwood quote um you know the the worst that men have to deal with is women laughing at them and women always have to fear that men will kill them. And it's just yes. funny at this point that we have this whole album um, and part of this other album about men killing women. And all of a sudden he's, he's directly saying that he's railing against women laughing at him. And I looked it up. Margaret Atwood said this in 1982. And so very proximal to this album there's no connection I could find where it's like, oh yeah, that's a great influence on me um, from Cave, but I can't help but think that this is a, this is a nod at least to self awareness of the themes that he's using and and how it's more an examination of that than it is, um, you know, any kind of support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice pull. Um, she ain't never coming back. And the name of the pain is, you know, repetition here, chugging along with the train. The name of the pain is a train long suffering. So you've got this kind of the repetition and and the the phrasing here feels like a continuation of this blues sort of uh, structure. Really, really love this delivery on rails of pain. Just you know, he, his voice just rises up. It's so I, good. higher, yeah. It goes above the the din, chugging, uh, backing music. It's almost like the screeching of the metal when a train is, you know, riding on the rails and maybe a brake or you know going on a corner. You hear that that shriek above it all. Um, that's I don't know. He does such good mimicry of of ordinary sounds with a voice that you know. I can't believe people say he can't sing. I've always heard that and been like, what are you talking about? This is this is singing. Yeah, I think on this album he really he ups ups that the actual singing and then we'll see that kind of continually that effort to to be seen as a singer kind of just gets more and more prominent. Yeah. Um speaking of singing, throughout all this we've got these great backing vocals from the Bad Seeds. Yes. You know, they echo some of his lines to the extent where it's kind of hard to tell what they're saying. So looking at this on the page is a lot 
easier to understand. Um, but it's really effective. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's one of the more focused instances of these backing vocals from all of these. But it also is, you know, very similar to Well of Misery. Um, so again, hearkening back to, I think, the major influence from the first album for this entire album. Um, it's that same sort of style where they where they chime in as a group and it's that kind of dour backing chorus and it almost feels like they're trying to keep up with him throughout this song, which I really like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it feel, feels very similar to Well of Misery. Um, yeah, uh, There Comes a Train. There Comes a Train Long Suffering. On Rails of Pain, On Rails of Pain and Suffering. Oh Baby Blow Its Whistle in the Rain. Another glorious train sound uh, from Cave. Hand claps on the offbeat. You know, it's just now the this song is really about to to hit its maximum velocity. Yeah, we've really entered hoedown mode. Oh, the full hoedown. Act, I, hoedown activate. The only thing that can make it more hoedown would be a washboard and somebody actually on spoons. But it is that it is that clap, not spoons, which is kind of a shame. Robbed. Um, <laughs> Missed opportunity. Moving on to verse three, who's the engine driver? Again, I, I love this opening line delivery. Nick's voice is, ah, it's primo. The engine driver's over yonder. His name is Memory. Oh, Memory is his name. Destination, Misery. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that line, that delivery. That's that. That's that guttural. It's not even, it's like a wet growl. that's that good wet shit oh the phlegm just the he's spitting it out oh it's so good and 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 we get this uh you know who's who's driving the engine of pain and suffering well it's memory you know you can you can escape from bad relationships you always can you can escape from you know the immediate your immediate danger your immediate surroundings you know whatever it is but memory is always going to haunt you. You know, you'll think of things you wish you could have done better, things, whether they're within your control or not. It's sort of this grim specter, and he's pulling pulling that train horn thing, that, <laughs> the thing that you pull to make it go choo-choo, um, and he's taking you right to misery. That's it. Driving straight on to morning. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, letting, it's letting memory take the wheel. I, I love mm. I, I love it when Cave is is musing on free will and I think he does that a lot in these first few albums. And it's one of those things he loves the character that loses control over over himself. And I, I feel like this um is perhaps the most relatable instance of that because it's not, you know, someone losing control to the point of killing somebody or, you know, going way over the top. This is something that I think everyone has dealt with at least some point in their life where memory really does drive current pain and suffering, even though, as you said, you've escaped the current circumstances that was actually co- that were actually causing you pain. Um, and it's something that can be overcome, but I think this is another character that, again, sympathetically enough, um, is just letting his memory ride roughshod and, and you know take this train and just... <laughs> maybe he doesn't know what to do with it yet, but... Um, yeah, just just ride on rails of pain, straight into whatever misery lies ahead. Yeah, definitely. Well, it goes to your point about you can't do anything, and this character seems to be handling it kind of well, I guess, compared to a lot of them. But 
Yeah, the, the, he's regardless. getting railroaded <laughs> by himself. He's getting spiked. He's getting uh, <laughs> cow catched. No, I don't know. Cow catch. Um, what is cow catching? <laughs> a cow catcher is that thing on the front of a train that makes it so oh, the that... train doesn't get all fucked up. That's right, the giant baseball glove. <laughs> <laughs> the extendo glove. I've always wondered what that does. <laughs> well, they've re- they've replaced them now. They've just got uh, rail guns on the front. They just take everything out. <laughs> they just obliterate everything in front of them. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, great point about um, you know this this person doesn't quite know what to do. They they can't uh, they can't really change their circumstances in the same way. They you just gotta kind of ride the train for a while and things will get better. Hopefully, for all you uh, for all you broken hearts out there, this has been <laughs> Sean and Andrew's love shack, the tunnel of love. <laughs> We're trying to. No, sometimes it doesn't get better. Yeah, well, <laughs> you'll have to subscribe to the Tunnel of Love Patreon to figure out how to best deal with uh, these emotions. So, uh, How to throw the switch on your rails of pain. Move them to rails of love. Oh, pain and misery. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, pain and misery. Hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 that's a sad looking sack. This Oh, that's a sad looking sack. That's a sad looking sack. Uh, this is <laughs> so another, good. it just, it just goes, I just can't say anything but hoedown. It's just, you know, he's, I can feel him wag, wagging his finger. Um, the character at this point, I think has kind of turned on himself and is looking at himself and, and somewhat mocking himself. And, you know, it's just, that's a sad sack riding this fucking train. <laughs> that's all I could think of was it's him looking, you know, inward. I, other than maybe he's on a train and there's like, you know, a sack of coal and he's comparing it to himself. Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> it could only be him just kind of sort of uh, out of body experience there. Yep. And the um, name of the pain is? Oh, the name of the pain is? The name of the pain is? There is a train. It's got a name. It's Train yeah. Long Suffering. Oh, Lord of Train, a long black train, Lord of Pain and Suffering. Each night's so black. <laughs> oh, yeah. So black. And in the darkness oh my of my sight. I'm missing you, baby. I'm missing you. And I just don't know what to do. Oh. He could be on the rails because his woman left him. The sack is his bed. It's his Ooh. it's his sad little sack that he sleeps in. And it's sad because he's all alone in it. That's a great point. It's a sad hey, looking sack. Speaking of only seeing certain things in cartoons, it could also be, you know, the the uh Rail riders, if you will, often carried a little sack on the end of their stick. Maybe he's, maybe this is his, uh, maybe he's striking out on his own. A bindle. There you go. That's what it is. And it's a sad looking sack. It's very small. It's got not a whole lot in it. And Can't he's missing his baby. 
All, <laughs> all it's got is beans. A couple of cans and not a whole lot else. And he just doesn't know what to do. He does not. Uh, she ain't never coming back. You know, repeated. Name of the pain is... Name of the train is pain and suffering. So just just repetition... It's almost like the reverse of some of the other songs where the music and the performance is affecting the lyrics. Um, whereas in the past, mm. some of the band would try and, you know, they'd throw in some sound effects or, or some interesting guitar noise to echo the lyrics. I feel like this might be kind of the other way around a little bit. Interesting. I wonder, that might be what sets it apart in my mind is this this song feels very different than anything else on the album and i could never pinpoint exactly why but i think that makes a lot of sense yeah it might have been one where they wrote the uh music first it is a cave only production maybe he kind of had the music in mind and then really that informed his lyrics and then there was this kind of feedback loop i don't know just a guess but it, it, it you're right it does feel very different it's an educated one i'd say and uh yeah i think either way the lyrics um, kind of, you know, repeating and, and spinning out at the end, like you said, free associating really do mirror the themes of the song in that, you know, when you're stuck in this cycle and you're stuck on a train that feels like it's completely out of your control, but being driven in a very definite direction, um, there's only so much there is to think about. There's only so much, you know, to that path and uh, it's pain and it's suffering. Yeah, yeah. I did look it up. Uh Name of the train is Pain and Suffering. I thought maybe there was a PNS railroad somewhere in the history of railroads that he was referencing. And uh, there is a Pittsburgh and Shawmut railroad that was around in the early 1900s. <laughs> and it, it says Pittsburgh, PNS, Shawmut. And so I, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I think that this might be important. Look, only one of us put in the effort and the research on that one that's right that's uh i'm gonna go out on a limb and say i don't know that he had considered that but this is a show where we leave things open to interpretation you always try and tear me down <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that interpretation is fucking bullshit <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh god we hit the music you know, a little bit, you know, we talked about the backing vocals. Uh, I would say the music is like a train. <laughs> Damn. Didn't notice that. <laughs> Dusty guitar, um, you know, a lot going on percussively. It's pretty full musically, but with a rawness that uh, is, is, it's palpable. <laughs> get a great sense of rawness from this song uh, and can... a great sense of music yeah no there's um a definite feeling that when you're listening to the song that there's um instruments are being played and so uh... yes instruments are, are being played and it's not the flowery arrangements we'll see a few albums down the road when there are about 20 members in Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. <laughs> but, you know, it has evolved from album number one. It has. 
It absolutely has. But in addition, you know, facetiousness aside, in addition to the fantastic instruments being played, um, his voice is still doing a ton of work as, as, as I said earlier, the mimic or the mime of, of different objects and, you know, the train whistle in this case being a fantastic one. Um, I also recently went camping and woke to the sound of a, a rooster crowing or a cock crowing, um, which reminded me of Tupelo right off the bat. It was kind of a punch to the jolly jaw of morning. Cause I was like, what the, it's six in the morning. What the fuck are you doing? But I also thought perhaps that Nick was somewhere off in the distance, perched on a fence doing this noise. Cause it sounded just like this whistle. And I've never noticed that, but I think train whistles sound like rooster crowings and he does a great job of impersonating both. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's my take on the woo woos. Um, <laughs> that's train long suffering. Sean. Andrew. Do you want to play a game? do i want to play a game oh god you know i do (laughs) okay it's the album cover review game in this game that we play uh, we we rate nick cave album covers on a scale on a scale of one to ten nick cave heads uh, why, why Nick Cave heads, you ask? Well, it's because those heads are on most Nick Cave albums. So, there you go. So, where where are you at with this one? Firstborn is dead. Uh, describe this cover to me. The Firstborn is dead, and Nick is is sitting on the cover, where in, in From Her to Eternity, he was looking off in the distance at, at something off-frame, um, not paying attention really to the viewer, kind of lost in his own thoughts, perhaps. He is staring directly at you, and he looks like he is disappointed. To me, he is um, he's something is wrong, and he's not looking directly. He's looking right past you, but uh, his hands are crossed. Against the back background, all we see is you know the pale image of his skin on his hands and his face, and he looks at least concerned and at most somewhat disappointed and expecting an answer for something that you've done. Um, Disappointed in our podcast uh, about him. (laughs) (laughs) No, he wrote me and told me that. So I don't get that from this cover. I get that from him. No, that's a good, that's a good description. I mean, he really is, you know, you just see his, his pale hands and his, his, uh, his face looking quite dashing. Uh, it looks like he might be holding a cigarette um, towards the end of its its life. Oh damn! Yeah, it's, I, I, I noticed that. I honestly wasn't sure at first, but it seems like that's the case. Oh, and he's got a beautiful chain on his wrist. Yeah, he's got the chain. The back cover, at least of the vinyl LP, has a picture of the Bad Seeds. Just three of them at this point, all kind of in a grim tableau with their instruments. Uh, one of my favorite pictures uh, of them, and it's got uh, the lyrics and similar font to the first album on the back, and just looks 
looks almost like a little little newspaper yeah it's uh very thick as a brick it's very much so i love it and that picture it it looks kind of like an anti-beatles from you know a distance dude it totally (laughs) does yeah they they kind of look like uh like good little boys with their instruments and a a very (laughs) you know very limited drum kit it's good i think it's all right no it's good it's good stuff i i do like this album cover um i'm interested though how many heads sean for me personally on a scale of one to ten nick cave heads i would give this one an 8.5 personally wow with a caveat a caveat (laughs) with a caveat um (laughs) i think that this album does just about as poor of a job as the first one of telling you anything about it which i think is kind of a bummer but visually i think the cover is a lot more striking than the last one i kind of like this sean how many Nick Cave heads would you give this one? Oh, God. I feel like I need to explain myself before I actually give the number. Um, and I, I explained myself last time, but I'm my numbers are going to be lower because I'm I'm going out of, you know, kind of a, almost a ranking. If there are 10 albums, I would give one number to each album. And so I'm trying to cut a nice middle ground there by giving half heads and, and trying to proportionally rank them. Um, but I, I, I do agree that there is very little communicated about what's inside the album from this cover. But I also see this as a very ham-fisted attempt at becoming a man in black (laughs) by Nick Cave. Um, I think that it is also an attempt beyond the previous album where perhaps it just didn't feel like, you know, he's looking off in the distance, doesn't feel like he cares about what we think or if we're engaged at all with what he's doing. Um, Mm. This one is is more of a plea i'm i'm going back to my fifth grade art literacy uh curriculum and this is you know he's staring directly at us it's a plea to the listener or uh at least uh this actually is more of a stern demand to um pay attention to whatever is going on here and in that those two things kind of elevate it for me um i think i gave i think i gave the last one five and a half and it cave heads and i'm gonna give this one six and a half this is this is better than the first album. Not one of my favorites, but uh, still a fantastic cover. And I think the the back cover also elevates it for me. I, I do love the newspaper look and the, as I said, the anti-Beatles of the band. Agreed. Agreed on all counts. Um, yeah. Sean, I have, a, I have an interesting wrinkle here for on my, on my person and for the album cover mm-hmm. review game. Well, well, what, uh, what pray tell is this wrinkle going to be? <laughs> Sean, what would you choose as the cover for this album? And so is this of other Nick Cave covers? No. Um, Anything. Yeah. What, what would you, what would you choose? You know, obviously you'd, you'd want to pick something related to the album imagery wise or or whatever but what what would you choose to make the cover 
and listen to Cave in the Bad Seeds album. My God. If I had the ability, the trust of Cave, to make an album cover for this album, what a question. I I think, hmm, all right, I think I've got an answer. I think we got a decent answer. I would I would have a a minimalist, uh, almost um, what's that fucker called that does the the old west paintings like the hyper realistic Banksy. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a Banksy of Nick Cave's penis on the side of a wall <laughs> with a red balloon tied to it. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I'm not trying to comment on the impacts of global capitalism. I'm trying to. What is? Oh, what's his name? He's got a big fucking museum in Montana. Um, hyper. Well, I'll check it out next time I'm there. <laughs> Go for the museum. Stay for the national parks are fun. Hyper realistic old west drawing. Oh, Russell. Yeah, Charles Russell. Charles M. Russell. I would picture this album cover as a a barren, minimalist, dying orchard in the Old West in the style of Charles M. Russell. That kind of hyper-realistic, sun-baked Old West that just it communicates death, it communicates loneliness it's you know the blues soaked in the desert uh that's that's what it strikes me that's i think would make a decent cover if you wanted to communicate what's on the album um otherwise i'd just go for a just remove cave and just have a flat black <laughs> album cover no one had ever done that at that point and i think that would have been groundbreaking i like i like where you're at uh, not with the all black album cover, because to me this one doesn't seem like the album that should have a really dark cover. I love your idea of like the sun baked orchard. Um, for me, I'm I'm imagining hot sunny desert, maybe a crossroads to get really on the nose with the blues thing. But I'm I'm right with you, man. I I like the idea of a really dusty kind of deserty. Yeah, a, a scene. Yeah, a scene from a place uh, that maybe does have that sort of intangible darkness, but isn't so on the nose as Nick Cave looking, you know, like the man in black himself. Yeah. Yep. Or a big old train just coming at the oh. at the camera. That I, that would do it for me. I think more <laughs> than this one. And. The firstborn is dead. I, I would put an exclamation point at the end of that. <laughs> why not? Why not three? At this point, <laughs> the firstborn is dead. He's dead, Jim. He's um, dead. That's train long suffering. That's today's lesson, a Nick Cave podcast. Sean, where can they find us? As always. Please reach out. Please let us know if we're full of shit. Please let us know how you feel about the podcast. You can reach us uh, on Twitter, Today's Lesson Pod. 
You can reach us through the internet via email if you have access to that. Todayslessonpod at gmail.com. If you are flush with cash, brimming with with gold bullion and all manner of currency, you can pay us in any form you like at Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash todayslesson. Or you can... Yes, I um, my girlfriend's vegan. I eat meat. Any kind of bullion will do. Uh, better than bullion is even better, as the name implies. You can also send a self-addressed stamped envelope, self-addressed stamped postcard, uh, anywhere you'd like. Just write what you think about the podcast on it and mail that off absolutely anywhere. Uh, we do accept that as well. So, And we won't even know about it which is kind of cool if you think about it. It is. And, I mean, we might know about it if you happen to write it to the place that we are. So give it a shot. There's always a chance. Always a chance. Take your shot. Rate and review. Five stars only. Uh, Anything less, don't want to know about it. Keep it to yourself. You can write a you can write a less than five star review. Just put it in a Twitter comment. Just write three out of five stars and post it on Twitter. Yeah, that way we can promptly remove it <laughs> or reply angrily, angrily and terribly. Until next time. We we you can't. Love, okay. love, Nick, Kate, gave, and the bad, the seeds. bad seeds, the bad seeds. We love Nick Cave and the bad seeds. We love Nick Cave and the bad seeds. Goodbye. <laughs>